Welcome back to the Golf Marketing Podcast. My name is Rodney, and alongside me today, I have Duncan and Brian. How's it going, guys? Fantastic, Rodney. Yes, happy? Pretty good, yeah, thanks. Today, we are discussing building your personal brand as a golf professional. Building a personal brand takes planning, research, patience, and time. And um, I'll start with Brian today. What are some things a golf professional can do to build their personal brand? I think, well, the number one thing is to kind of identify why they should build their personal brand. Yep. I think if you think about um, any profession, not just a golf professional, you have a certain um, persona or a certain reputation based on where you work. So whatever course club you might be at. Um, so if it's known as a higher end course and you're the pro there, um, you know, there's that reputation that is, comes associated with where you work. But each individual professional they have their own reputation to uphold as well, whether they leave a club and they go somewhere else or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it's important that you're building your own personal reputation because as we've talked about previously, people like to do business with those that they know and they like and they trust. Well, I'm gonna know, like, and trust an individual before I'm gonna know, like, or trust a golf club. I might decide that I wanna work with or, or go to a golf club because of the professional and I know that person, I know the kind of business that they, they operate. So um, I think it's just important to be aware of your personal brand because that's going to follow you no matter where you go. No matter what you do, what profession you might end up in, yeah. that personal brand, especially online now, you can't run away from it. It's going to be every single place you go. So um, the first one is kind of just setting the foundations for your for your brand and, and understanding, you know, what are things that people want to know or what kind of things you want to get out to the public that people should be aware of. Um, you know, what makes you different from your competitors or other professionals, things like that. But also what area you want to specialize in. I mean, um, I remember when I was in the industry, there was specific um, uh, professionals that were focused on junior golfers. There mm -hmm. were some that were on women, some that were playing professionals. Um, some that even just taught professionals. So you kind of you kind of got this um, sense of, that there was specific pros for specific parts of the market. So if you're going to be um, in that area, I mean, usually you want to pick a specialization and then um, focus on it so that you know your name starts coming up in those conversations yeah. when people start thinking about you know who's the best who's the best pro in Toronto or Edmonton or Vancouver for junior golfers. Um, that's how you build a brand by focusing on the area and then making sure that you excel in that area. Okay, so it's about becoming really good at that one particular area instead of being a jack of all trades. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there, there's some routes where you can be the jack of all trades. You can just be known as a really good teaching professional overall. But I think if you really want to differentiate yourself, um, there's a lot of different teaching professionals out there, but there's going to be fewer that are specific to women or fewer that are specific to professionals. So it's just one thing to think about. I mean, um, you could be a voice in a crowd or you can specialize in one thing specifically and obviously do the other things just as well on the side as well. And I think too, an example I like to use is, you know, you talk to people that are very well connected and you say, oh, I need something done at my house or I need whatever the case may be. Those well-connected people, oh, I've got a guy for that or I've got a girl for that. And you think about if hypothetical somehow you could become that person's go-to for in this case, golf teaching or whatever the case may be, that's a referral network that you're starting to build. And an example would be Duncan and I met in golf retail. That's where we met years and years ago in golf retail. And so much of that business was about who you knew. So when somebody came through the door of our retail store, they wouldn't necessarily go and talk to the first person that, that greeted them. They would look and see, oh, there's Duncan or there's Brian. That's my guy. 
that's the guy I go and talk to because he knows everything about my game. He knows the equipment that I've used in the past. I wanna to talk to that person because I like, I know, I trust that person. Start to build that relationship. We made the majority of our commissions off of a very small clientele. Mm -hmm. So because you have that that brand or you're, you're known as somebody that knows a whole lot about golf clubs, for example, in that store, people are gonna to come to you. So that's a really good place to be. If you're known as that person for that specific thing around town, like Duncan said, that's building your personal brand. Don't be one of a hundred that know these things. If you're the person for that thing, you know, and if if you're to the point where, where people come to know you as that, that's a great place to be. Okay. Can you say building relationships aids building your brand? 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say, and that's that's all comes down to no matter what you do offline or online, it's about networking. So, you know, networking in the past was meeting people, shaking hands, etc. And that's still a huge part of it, obviously, but with all the online tools out there now as well, you know, being able to, to build your network online, whether it be people locally or people beyond, you know, maybe across the country, you're known for something. That's a really good thing to have too. So taking kind of a step back, I mean, when you're, when you're trying to figure out what brand you're trying to build for yourself, I always find that it's kind of helpful just to, to see what else is out there currently. So, I mean, you know your market better than um, probably anyone else, or you can at least ask people that would. So like a real good place for most people who are looking to build their brand um, to start from this whole process is to actually look at the leaders currently in your market. Um, and then and find ways that you can either align to them or you can piggyback off what they've done to try and improve, um, improve on your brand personally. So, I mean, um, depending on what you want to do, this is kind of the first step. You need to do research, you need to find out um, who's the leader in, in your industry, um, and then start looking for opportunities from there to either build on it, differentiate yourself, or um, even copy it. Maybe someone's retiring. Maybe there's an opportunity here to really become um, a, a new leader in a specific area. So this is where I would start. Before you say, hey, I want to do this, take a look out there, see what else is out there. And, and kind of go from there. And I think too, the research, not only you look at the external things, you have to look internally. If I wanna be known for something, I better be pretty good at that. I better be pretty knowledgeable because I can't be the best at something if I have no idea what I'm doing, right? <laughs> yes. So, you know, if I wanna be the best teaching professional in the province, but I'm actually not a very good teacher, well, guess what? I should probably find something else to hang my hat on. And uh, just another thing to consider, a brand here is not it's not just a logo. It's not just a website. Um, a brand is like the persona that people perceive you as. It's, it's you. It's, yeah. it's, it's you. It's how they associate um, the experience with you and with your business name, with that logo, and those are all all those things actually need to line. It's all the ducks in a row with with the whole look and feel of the website, business cards, logo, your brand, what you represent. Um, that is your brand. People um, have this preconception that brands a, a logo and a business card, and that's all it is. That's not the truth. Like if you have a really nice logo, that's it. Yeah, you're done. get a great logo, and, and everything's done. Very smart person, all of a sudden. But, I mean, essentially, your brand name is your name, right? Yes. That your name is going to carry on with you no matter where you go. But that's kind of the focus. I mean, it's not just the logo. I think people kind of get the assumption that hey, I got a good logo, done. That's not a brand. <laughs> Very good logo. Okay, and what else can professionals do? I mean, uh, we've touched on setting foundations, focusing on a specific area that they can um, become the guru at, do some research. What else is out there for them? 
Well, I think, um, I mean, whenever you think of personal brands and people, um, the first network that comes to mind in my eyes is, is LinkedIn. Um, mm -hmm. It's becoming bigger and bigger. I mean, you can search people's names and nine times out of 10, a LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn link is gonna come up at the top of Google for the individual you're looking for. Um, if you're people searching or trying to get a sense of, of who people are, that's literally the go-to. Facebook became, originally I think Facebook was primary and that started to go down, down, the, um, down the, the search engine rankings. Um, LinkedIn is what people go to because it, it's really a profile of who you are and your personal it's an brand. online resume, right? Yeah. So if I'm gonna to tout myself as being something, I need to have this stuff to back it up and I can, I can put that on a LinkedIn profile, for example. I can put videos, I can put presentations I've done, I can put anything I want. With Content, this blog post, anything. You can put, and you know, that's something you mentioned, LinkedIn posting. Something that's very underutilized is the ability to actually create blog posts on LinkedIn. Um, that's a good way to connect with your network. So. And now we don't even need a website. Like yeah, it's... no, and that's, I mean, that's the online side of things. Not saying that there isn't a place for Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, but for a lot of professionals just starting out, you don't maybe know where to start. A website might be out of your reach. So something like you said, like LinkedIn would be a good place to start. And, and I guess to that end too, it, it makes it easier if um, you're not managing 10 different things at once. I mean, if you're trying to build your personal brand, are you gonna go um, get a LinkedIn profile, get a website, buy a URL, Make sure they all have you know up to date content, Facebook page, um, Twitter, Twitter, and then updating them constantly. <laughs> I mean, is that really worth your time, or is it better to at least start somewhere, get that done right, and then kind of move on from there? So just focus on one thing, or at least one or two things that yeah. you can manage. Do one thing really well. Okay. And I think I mean LinkedIn's the great place to start. There's 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 some do's and don'ts on LinkedIn, which I think we'll just kind of walk through some ones that have top of my head. But I think the number one thing with LinkedIn is have a good photo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not a yep, photo with yep. three different people in it, not a blurry one, no, have no. a professional photo done <laughs> that shows your face. Basically, it, it sounds silly, but literally um, LinkedIn is um, occasionally has, you know, 50% of the photos are pretty poor. And it's it, a good stop. But it reflects poorly <laughs> on your brand. It does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if you're trying to um, showcase professionalism, if you have a blurry photo with three different people in it, I mean, it's it's not a good example of what no. you want to, you know, represent. And LinkedIn is good too, because as you're filling something out, it'll ask you questions. And the reason it asks you questions isn't to be annoying, it's to get you to put in more information to help fill out your profile. So it'll say, when you went to school here, what did you learn? Or when you worked here, you know, they'll ask specific questions about that. That's what the whole thing's about. So um, that's, LinkedIn will walk, walk you through it, it'll help you along. Yeah, and it also tells you like on the side that um, you are 50% through filling in your you get profile. Get to be a rock star. <laughs> and and things like that. I have a question for LinkedIn though. Yeah. Um, do you recommend that um, a golf professional maybe join some LinkedIn groups? Yeah, I mean, if, if there's a group there that relates to what you do, and I know there's LinkedIn golf marketing groups because I'm yeah. part of some of them. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a place where you can talk to people and kind of get your name out there. It's always important when you're doing something like that on social though is get involved in a group for the right reasons. If you can give them content that's legit and, and advice and information that's good without being a self-promoter, that's what you're looking for. If you're going in there just simply trying to push things on people, it's like going to a cocktail party. Do I want to talk to somebody that's actually talking back with me or somebody that just talks at me and throws a business card my way, right? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because you do find with LinkedIn groups, some of those um, responses that you get, they're really helpful and Definitely. usually it's kind of like the same people do it, right? Yeah. And then you start regarding them as an expert or guru in the field. Definitely, and it takes time. I mean, we've gone and worked on, on 
personal brands here, but not so much on the golf side of things. But if you think it's gonna happen overnight, it's not. But if you do things the right way online, um, that's a great place to start. I will say before we move on from LinkedIn, just to kind of be the devil's advocate, um, if LinkedIn isn't your thing, but you're a big teaching professional, maybe YouTube is your channel of choice. Maybe videos, you're putting yeah, up videos drills, all yeah. the time, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's, it's a good one for a lot of people, but maybe, or you're like, you know what? The audience I wanna to talk to is on Facebook, then go do that. By no means is LinkedIn the, the be all and end all, but um, just kind of be aware of your audience and be aware of your capabilities. And, and um, if your audience is somewhere else, go where they are and, and, and fight that battle somewhere else. Somewhere. I would say though, when, I mean, if you start getting your name out there, people will search for you by Definitely. name. And that's, that's again, another reason where LinkedIn, LinkedIn kind of comes 100%. back. So it's kind of a, a catch 22. I, I still think LinkedIn, Brian and I may disagree here, but <laughs> I think LinkedIn, even though it may not be a focus for people, um, I, it will start getting traffic the more you get your name out there. Yep, so as sure. you build, it kind of becomes a requirement. Um, I did want to mention a couple more things. The other good benefits of LinkedIn is, is uh, you know, connections with people in the industry. Yep. Um, this is a good way to actually mm -hmm. find mentors to look up to or people that are doing this job really well and that you can kind of copy, see how they're doing and how they're building. Yep. Um, but also it's a good way to build up your persona because you have these people that you know and connected with in the industry. Um, and obviously there's the basic stuff that you can feature, things like um, award certifications, um, you know, education responsibilities, jobs. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a basic resume, but um, be sure to fill them out, be descriptive, everything. Yeah, LinkedIn works best when you fill it out properly. Yeah. If you think you can kind of get by with not filling out your LinkedIn profile appropriately or fill it out to its potential, you're not doing yourself a favor. So just something to keep in mind. And then like Brian mentioned too, write a post, write, write some content and add them to your LinkedIn profile and just see what kind of response you get. I mean, I've noticed I've written a couple of blog posts of my own and then people like them, get your name out there, but it positions you as an expert in the field. Um, and it can't hurt. I mean, um, writing two a year isn't that much of time wasted. No. It's never gonna hurt you, so. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of leads into another point, the idea of getting published. That's another great way to get your brand out there. Um, so content you're creating, that's one avenue that, you know, somebody might see that piece of content and then they decide that, hey, that person's very knowledgeable and whatever. We want to use them for an interview in the newspaper or what have you. And I know you watch the local news, you see this all the time. When they have questions about a certain industry, they have their go-tos. Their go-tos might appear on the morning show or they might appear in an interview. And it's almost like if you watch the local news and there's something, the local provincial scene and they want to talk to an expert in the local provincial scene, it's the same person every time, right? The reason for that is that person knows a lot about what they're talking about. The news goes, that person really gets it. We want to interview them and get their feedback on something. What if you were the local expert in golf or even like, you know, getting your kids active in the community, stuff like that, that's a, a, a nice spot to be because the news media will turn to you as somebody that's an expert in a certain field and, and ask you things, newspapers, um, magazines, news, uh, uh, the, the news on TV, that kind of thing, so. I mean, and I know lots of newspapers do weekly segments on the golf industry, they yeah. usually have. Um, uh, opportunities for, for, for guest speakers. All you gotta do is send them an email and say, hey, I'm interested, um, what can we talk about? Um, another end of things is uh, blogs out there. Uh, tons of golf blogs. Lots of them are always looking for um, guest posts because yeah. um, it's not always easy to come up with a whole bunch of content. And Brian and I know this well from, from our golf years website. Years and years and years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if, if you, 
reach out to these people. It just takes a quick email saying, hey, um, I've got a, a new article I'd like to you know, get out there. Would you be willing to post it? And nine times out of 10, um, they're willing to post it with a link back to a website or whatnot. Or which, your LinkedIn profile. Or your LinkedIn profile. Which again, um, I mean, if it's your website, it actually helps with uh, search engine optimization. You kind of get a link, a little thumbs up from that website to yours, yeah. which makes you um, more easily found on Google for specific search terms. So um, there is some benefits to that. And really, I mean, if, if it's a 500 word post, it takes what, half an hour to write, um, an hour tops, and you get some, get some good boost out of it. So there's many different ways to be published. Um, don't just think, you know, I have to write, I have to be an editor for a magazine to yeah. do this, or I have yeah. to know an editor. Um, it's really not that difficult. Well, I mean, We're always looking yeah. for content. Content yeah. is currency these days. We live in a content-driven world. So those people that are willing to take the time to create content, it's essentially you're creating currency. People, like Duncan said, all sorts of websites or news outlets are looking for content. And if they can get content from somebody like you and they didn't have to create it and they can just get it like that and, and publish it, that's what they want. So um, do you recommend having maybe a post or two just by the side, just in case. So if you find a really good, um, you know, uh, magazine or something like that, then you can send it their way. I, I think as long as it's a uniquely written piece, um, you know, I would try to write it in a way that, that showcases your uniqueness or how you think about teaching or, or, or the golf profession in general, okay. um, uh, even a, as a playing professional. But write it in a way that is unique to you. Um, be my only suggestion, so that people can try to, um, you know, get a sense of who you are from the piece that you've written. I mean, and Brian mentioned this earlier. Uh, if you aren't willing to write content for publishing in newspapers or um, blogs, the other thing you can do is publish yourself. Go to YouTube, make a video. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, that's a, a gigantic search engine. It's what number two next at Google next itself Google, in yeah. terms of what people are searching for in content. If you make a video that's, you know. Um, how to fix your slice in three steps, you will get views. People will search slice, golf, drill, videos, etc. on there all the time. Um, it's a real simple way to get published and well, not much legwork. Just yeah. get, a, get an iPhone, get a good quality um, shot, and then that's it. And good quality will always rise to the top for yeah. when it comes to content. If it's good content that's informational, it's useful, you're being helpful, that's what you want. I mean, don't write pieces to basically tell people how amazing you are. Give people a reason to, to, to figure that out on their own, basically. And one of the benefits, I guess, of, of being online with things like videos is you get people commenting, um, the commenting, uh, sorry, not commenting, uh, rating, reviews, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of leads into the next point that uh, Brian wants to touch on. Yeah, so the idea of, of monitoring. And so if there's tools out there, whether it be free tools or paid tools, that you can use to monitor when people talk about you, your industry, your your competitors, whatever your name. the case may be, yeah. your name, yeah. Um, so you know, you go to google.com backslash alerts, you can set up a free alert if you have a Google account. Yeah. So anytime your name gets mentioned somewhere or whatever you might be looking for, you'll get an email saying, hey, this was mentioned here. Really, really simple. If you decide after this, you don't wanna do anything with your personal brand, Spend the two minutes and set up some Google Alerts. They're mm -hmm. free. Once they're set up, you don't have to do anything with them. But I'd rather I know about somebody talking about me than me having no idea that somebody's saying good or bad or something about my golf course. You know, maybe people keep saying negative things about a golf course and you're nowhere to be found to help boost things up. That's, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, and you don't want to find out like, 
six months later and you really cannot do much about yeah, it then, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's a simple one for, for a personal brand. And you know, you might have people that you really look up to, see where they're getting mentioned, see what they're up to. That's the kind of a thing that you can kind of, you know, mimic if you will. So Brian, would you think um, it'd be smart to create a, a Facebook page for a personal brand or that be something that we you wouldn't bother doing? I don't know, it depends on the situation. I would say, Rodney touched on it earlier, do one thing exceptionally well before you worry about two. So if, if LinkedIn is your ride or die on, on social media, go with it. Um, I think personally, you're far better off having one channel of choice and focusing more efforts on content than three channels of choice with no content. Yeah. And do you find like sometimes with um, uh, golf professionals out there, they might um, start say a Facebook page then spend maybe a week, two weeks, maybe a month on there, think that it's not working or they're not seeing any results and they decide to go to another platform. All the time. And then another platform and it becomes yeah, a problem. I guess patience is kind of really key with this. I mean, you can't build a brand overnight. No, no, and I mean, that's not just golf professionals. We see big brands mm. will get involved in something and it's not working to their satisfaction within a couple of weeks. Duncan and I can attest from owning a rather large golf website, golf blog, I remember writing posts for months with no one coming to the website. And I remember the first time somebody came to our golf website and I saw in Google Analytics we had a visitor. I was like, oh, that's incredible. Somebody actually came and found our stuff. But you know what? It didn't happen in the first few days. There are a lot of lonely, lonely days writing what, stuff. It's a good thing we were writing because we actually liked writing. Yeah. Right? What kept you going though? Well, I think, and this is something that other everybody can kind of take. Um, like Duncan said, we enjoyed writing. Writing didn't come difficult to us, but we were writing about stuff we knew a whole lot about, about golf and golf equipment. If I had to start a blog today about industrial tubing, I don't have the slightest idea about industrial tubing. My blog is gonna last like one or two posts. It's gonna take me three or four hours per post because I gotta figure everything out. So that's where we talk about LinkedIn or YouTube or whatever the case may be. If you're not a writer, don't pretend to be a writer overnight and start a blog. If you're not afraid to be in front of the camera, okay, video is the way I'm gonna do yeah. this. I have to make sure I'm in a place where I can create good content easily and I'm gonna keep doing it. Because to your question, Rodney, what keeps you going is I, I, I'm able to do this and I'm good at making content, so that's cool. But if you're not good at making content, why on earth would you keep going after three weeks of seeing nobody? There's no reason you would. It's, it becomes a hassle, right? So yeah. you don't want that. A weight on your shoulders. Yes. All right. Um, I think we'll wrap up now. Uh, we'll just go through. You want to do a, let's do a lightning round, Roddy. We haven't you done really a lightning You really want to do round. a lightning round? Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do a lightning round. <laughs> All right. Lightning round time it is. All right. What question are we asking today? I think if there's one more tip, one more little tip. That work? Sure. One minute, one tip. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's do it. Duncan, you want to go first? Well. My only suggestion would be um, if you become you know, a, a good brand or you start building your personal brand, um, pass on what you've learned. I mean, mm -hmm. we talked about finding a mentor, uh, mentor um, but once you become a leader in this space, it's always good to be that mentor for someone else mm -hmm. um, because that's only gonna help the business grow um, together, basically. So, I mean, that would be kind of my main suggestion. I mean, um, don't just think about yourself. Once you get to the point where, hey, I'm actually getting this, we're trying to get some, some, some clout generated around my name. Um, if someone asks you questions, help them out. Because I'm sure you were helped out at some point along your, yeah. your yeah. journey too, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, when you get to that position where you can share good information, 
that's not going to hurt your personal brand. We had a discussion before we turned the mics on about when we used to, we do a lot of education and people would say, well, why would you go and tell people all your secrets? Well, truthfully, there's I, I, they want people want to learn stuff and see that I know what I'm talking about. The chances of them actually going and doing something is like, no, nah, I don't have time. I'm going to get these guys to do it, even though we shared all our secrets. So I think that's a great one. Becoming a mentor is a really important one. And for me, I would say look outside golf. I know we focus a lot on golf because we're golf professionals, but just be active in the community, whether it's working with charities or volunteering your time with something. Um, that's part of your personal brand too. It doesn't all have to be tied to your industry. Um, be that face in the community, especially you think about a small community where um, there's something going on and they need some volunteers. If the local golf professional is, is an active part of different groups, etc., a chamber of commerce or whatever the case may be, um, flipping pancakes for, for, a, for a chamber bar or, bar or breakfast, people see that, you're more known in the community, you're known as somebody that's willing to help out, and in turn, hopefully there's some business coming your way. Okay, cool, sounds awesome. Um, I'll just go through all the points that we've discussed today. So first, we we're talking about how to build your personal brand as a golf professional, and number one on the list was um, setting foundations, right? Um, second, focus on a specific area um, to grow your expert knowledge and just whether that be yeah LinkedIn Facebook whatever you uh, YouTube whatever you choose just make sure that that's your focus and um, it's something you love doing mm -hmm. yeah the research to see what else is out there look at leaders identify gaps or learn from the leaders um, get published be patient <laughs> pass on what you've learned and look outside go for ideas inspiration and also growing your brand yeah Great. thanks Duncan thank you Brian. thank you yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, great knowledge that you shared with us today. And that's it for today's podcast. Until we see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.